But what yeah. a what a year so far for the crypto market, right? I mean, mm. you've had the entire market up about fifty odd percent. Yep. Um, it's the current market caps about one point two trillion dollars, and mm -hmm. you've had Bitcoin up eighty five percent year to date. And if you look Crazy. at uh, Ethereum's upgrade that took place last week, the Chappelle mm -hmm. upgrade, I yeah. mean, my word, like you've you've seen a what is it a seventeen percent sort of increase mm. over the last month mm. in Ethereum? Mm. That's the second largest cryptocurrency. It's it's mm. remarkable. Good morning, Sean. Great to have you back. And I just want to say this is the real Sean and not the one that's uh, trolling everyone on Instagram and Twitter and all of those. <laughs> uh, good morning, Bobby. Yeah, I don't know what else to say on that. I, I was saying before the show that I've tried to take this person off Instagram more times than you'll know. And uh, yeah, Instagram doesn't care. Facebook doesn't yeah. care. Twitter doesn't care. Um, and this guy's really, well, this girl's really good at mimicking yeah. profiles. Um, yeah. So if you get a message from me offering a trading course and asking <laughs> for some Bitcoin, please ignore them. <laughs> I'll never do that. <laughs> Absolutely. You're crazy. Yeah. Thanks for the clarification that for anyone else that's experienced this. I mean, I got, I got a message and I was like, no, this can't be. Anyways, Sean, um, another week, uh, things are always busy. You always say how busy you guys are at Revex. Um, but I think just from a macro perspective, the CPI numbers came in 5% in the US. Um, I know everyone kind of looks at that as the gauge of where we are. Um, is it safe to say that inflation has peaked? Hmm. No, I wouldn't go as far as to do that just yet. It does seem to be going down and the trend is pointing the right direction. So mm -hmm. this last reading, five and a bit percent, I mean, mm -hmm. that's sort of what you want to see. Uh, core uh, inflation, so that's removing you know the volatile energy prices and food prices mm -hmm. and all the rest. That's also mm -hmm. pointing the right direction. That's even lower. So the American inflation story is definitely looking good. Uh, mm -hmm. Back in South Africa, I mean, we've got all of our own issues, my word like the yeah. power crisis that just seems to get more interesting, you know, week on week, month on month. Um, there's been a, other, a few other developments as well, more recently, all, all on the political front, which just mm. seem to be uh, just destroying local confidence. So yeah. I don't think you're going to see a massive turnaround in the RAND anytime soon. I mean, they get, mm -hmm. that's just my my prediction there. But what, yeah. a, what a year so far for the crypto market, right? I mean, mm. you've had the entire market up about 50 odd percent. Yep. Um, it's the current market caps about $1.2 trillion. And mm -hmm. you've had Bitcoin up 85% year to date. And if you look Crazy. at uh, Ethereum's uh, sort of upgrade that took place last week, the Chappelle mm -hmm. upgrade, yeah. I mean, my word, like you've you've seen a, what is it, a 17% sort of increase mm. over the last month mm. in Ethereum. Mm. That's the second largest cryptocurrency. It's, it's mm. remarkable. Um, yeah. And it is good to see this because remember, I mean, each cryptocurrency is ultimately code. So when you're seeing these upgrades, you're seeing improvements to the code and little mm. by little by little. And it seems like, all the other cryptocurrencies are sort of moving at a faster speed to Bitcoin, which is understandable. But mm -hmm. little by little, we are improving, upgrading, and enhancing this entire ecosystem. And there's very mm. few other ecosystems that work quite in that way. I mean, this is mm. technically an ecosystem that is like solely software. Uh, yeah. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. I love it. You know, being in the tech space, I, I absolutely love it. Hence why we do these podcasts and kind of cover all of this news. But it's interesting, like... I, um. I speak to a technical analyst who loves looking at charts, very good at reading, you know, where we're going. I like to poke and just, you know, get advice or what do you think, whatever. Not that I'm a trade, like I don't like day trade, but I just like to kind of validate where am I thinking? Am I reading it right? Whatever. And it's just fascinating. Like, yeah, the, the, it's looking bullish. And another thing, it, it doesn't seem like, it seems like correlation is definitely unpegged. Like I can't see it actually correlating to the stock markets or the NASDAQs anymore. Can you validate that for me? 
I mean, yeah, the correlation is completely broken down with mm. the NASDAQ 100 index. Uh, mm. That's between the crypto market entirely. It's now yeah. highly correlated to gold, which is what everyone wanted it to be early on. But that could mm. just be a case of gold and so causation rather than correlation, where both mm. of them are just increasing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I mean, this is an alternative investment. My hypothesis is that crypto is sort of in its own world right now. It's far mm. too small of an industry. I mean, $1.2 trillion, I know that sounds massive, but compared to most of the markets, that's really not that big. Um, mm. So it's such a small, unique industry that's driven by completely different factors. I mean, mm. you've got wild speculation in this industry more than probably any other industry. Maybe the stock mm -hmm. market's the only one that eclipses the crypto market and I suppose the derivatives market as well. Um, so that's on the one side. And then you've got, you know, all these upgrades and all the rest taking place. And it just shows that this is still a nascent industry, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. to to literally have proof of stake implemented with Ethereum only a few months back. I mean, that just mm -hmm. shows like we really are at the the starting point. And we, like you sound like a grandfather when you say this, right? Because you're like, oh, we're at the starting point of the, this technological revolution and all the rest. I don't know why I say that in an mm -hmm. English accent. But <laughs> yeah, you, you you look at all of this and you're like, it's only 13 years ago that like all mm. of this stuff started. You only mm. had, you know, crypto coming out in Bloomberg as an asset class two years ago. I mean, sure. really? Only two years ago? Yeah. I didn't only know two years ago. Before that, remember, it was, no, you could never put this out on like a traditional media house. Like, no mm. way. Like, this is, yeah. this is yeah. crypto, like money laundering yeah. money, right? Yeah. And things are slowly changing. Yeah, well, that's great. And I think that's kind of a nice segue to to kind of what I wanted to chat today about is we've seen these bulls and busts, uh, you know, booms and bust cycles over the years um, with Bitcoin crypto in general. Um, and at the moment, we're definitely on the downside. I mean, a lot of people called the bottom, you know, I, I follow a number of people and they kind of said, you know, well, we're out of sellers, the sellers are gone, you know, FTX and all of the debacles that we had in the last, like, let's say 12 months has wiped out the sellers, you know, so you've only got the people that are sticking around for it. And, you know, it seems like we're in that stage where people are building, where people are kind of consolidating everything. I mean, I don't think the DGB problem and the Genesis problem is gone yet, but but nonetheless, it's definitely stabilized. And I feel like there's like a new way of saying, okay, here's the product. This is how we're going to use this technology. And I've said this many a time on this podcast, and I, I know it's obviously the relationship with you and Revex, but the thematic approach that you guys have taken, you know, once I got exposed to it, I just... I knew that this is the way I wanted to go personally. And now I'm seeing more and more of it happening that even in South Africa, Luno has just taken on uh, using a Coindex index with their six uh, top cryptos and taking the same approach. So just what's your thoughts on on, on that kind of development and, and kind of the way you looked at it from the beginning when you started Revex? Yeah, that's uh, one of the bits of advice that I got really early on with Revix was that if you can find somebody else looking to do what you're wanting to do, that's the best validation out there. And nothing really changes. I mean, 400 bit years into Revix, like that's the same sort of thing that I'm looking for. So if Luna is going out and saying, hey, listen, we're going to launch this index. It's like mm. fantastic. Like they're seeing mm. what we're seeing finally. And mm. then it's just a case of going, okay, well, what are they actually doing? Like, how do we actually compete on a product standpoint? Luna is far bigger than Revix, right? I mean, Luna's mm. also been yeah. around for a significant period of time. Um, and if you look internationally as well, you've got a whole load of different players more recently that have launched index-based products. Swissborg has launched a fantastic set of products. Mudrex have launched a set, interesting set of products. There's inst institutional sort of um, similar index fund-like products that are being launched. And that's mm. fantastic, right? Because ultimately, our thesis from the start was at some point in time, smart money is going to want to invest in this space rather mm. than just trade it. And mm. you're going to want to own this diversified basket of crypto assets. And that's exactly what's playing out here, which 
you know, it's great validation again for our initial thesis. What's also yeah. interesting is we're busy actually, I wouldn't necessarily say moving away from crypto indexes. We are sort of just repositioning the business to be more of a holistic sort of personal wealth management platform. So we've got more traditional securities that we're launching, uh, but we do have two interesting new crypto bundles that are on their way. So we've got a top 20 bundle that we'll be launching okay. in about two months time. And then we've mm -hmm. got our new flagship product, which is called the blue chip bundle. And this yeah. is the top 15 largest cryptocurrencies, but you get the largest cryptocurrency and this is the largest by market capitalization in each okay. of the crypto sectors. So payments, uh, smart contracts, DeFi, and you oh, go through the list. And then you're literally getting the star performer across each sector. Um, and that's then a bundle that's updated on a monthly basis. But for us, I mean, this is the way we believe people should be investing in all markets. So not mm. just crypto. This is the way you should probably invest in property yeah. if you have the opportunity. This is the way mm. you should be investing in uh, the stock market, et cetera. So mm. the more that people can actually do it this way, the more we'll go fantastic. Well, this market mm. changes then from being this market of wild speculation to being this investing slightly more mm. sophisticated uh, sort of market. Yeah, I, I love the approach. I mean, obviously, it, it, you know, you kind of look at the volatility of your general day trading. No one really wants to do that. It's kind of like, okay, let me look at where I want to go. And if you look at like going back to your comments earlier about the South African Rand, I mean, if you're sitting in Rand and you're like, gosh, look at that. I mean, it hit $19, $19 over the weekend. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but anyways, it was $19 to the Rand on, on Friday night, Saturday morning. It came back down again. I don't know. But anyways, the point is 19, you're looking there like, wow, what happened? I mean, it was, wasn't it just, I remember it being eight. Okay. It's a long time ago, but I remember it being eight. I remember it being 12. But I mean, it's just, there's a trend that's going there and you're thinking, well, how do I protect my wealth in the long term? You know, and you know, diversifying into a new crypto asset class or the way you guys are moving. I mean, that that's very attractive, I think, for a general South African because we're all trying to protect our wealth in a country where is uh, we don't have to go into it, but a swath of flipping bad news and, and, and you know, no yeah. power. <laughs> I mean, maybe just on this point as well. So one of the things that really drew me to crypto early on, beyond it just being a bit quirky and you know, mm. very, very interesting, was... This thesis that I still have today as well, which is that emerging market currencies will go extinct. Like the Rand, the, I mean, Naira, you go through the Kenyan shilling, the Botswana mm -hmm. Pula. I mean, all of these emerging market Venezuela, currencies. Turkish. Yeah, my word, Turkish lira. I mean, South Africa is unscathed, relatively speaking, right? When you look at these other markets, I mean, Nigeria's recent inflation print was north of 20%. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you look at Kenya, high inflation in South Africa. So South Africa is, you know, the dream destination in emerging markets right now. Like literally, I know that's a weird thing to say. You've got China that's obviously turned yeah, back on, which is great. But these currencies just appreciate. And it's all fine mm -hmm. and well that you've got an asset. Let's say your property is something that's increasing in real terms, but yeah. you are always earning in that yeah. local currency. And I mean, exactly. South Africa has got a structural depreciation of its currency on a year-on-year -year basis of roughly around mm -hmm. 5%. On mm. a longer term average, it's absolutely insane. So yeah. I wondered what point in time faith will be lost. And I think it's probably already lost in emerging market currencies, right? They are just like temporary measures to get harder currency. And that's mm. why you're mm. seeing dollar shortages everywhere else. So yeah. yeah, that's my thesis. I mean, let's maybe put that pin in the wall. We come no. back to that in two or three years time and see how things have changed. Yeah, no, interesting. But I mean, then you've also got, uh, we've covered this back in the day, but like we spoke about like the BRICS. There's a lot of conversation about the world de-dollarizing and, and moving away. And we saw uh, Brazil and China that now said we, we're happy to exchange or or um, trade in our own currencies. 
And there is this new world order kind of thesis going around. I mean, a lot of the Americans are going like, never going to happen. The dollars, you know, it's just the way it's meant to be, the way it's worked. It's so embedded in the system. But is that true? Can we see a BRICS kind of take over in the long, like not even long term, in the medium term? What are your thoughts? No, I don't think so. I think you've got China with a lot of clout. I mean, Russia's <laughs> like politically screwed. And I think just from like an influence standpoint as well, pretty messed up from around the world. South Africa has also tainted itself because of its relationship with Russia, right? We all know this. Mm. Like mm. there's this sort of apartheid alliance that was formed. And I think that's kind of backfired more recently. But hey, listen, that's just my opinion on that. Mm. Um, but I can't see the BRICS really making a big dent in like the world's changed. Don't get me wrong. I think you've got India with a tremendous amount of growth. Yeah. Uh, China, of course, is sort of the powerhouse of the world. Um, but, you know, to have a currency that is introduced from these different parties, I mean, look at all of those individual currencies, right? So if you go through Brazil, I mean, mm -hmm. worse depreciation than the Rand. Russia, I mean, let's not even go there. Worse depreciation globally, like matching Venezuela mm -hmm. in some respects. Um, you've got India. Okay, India's currency has actually been pretty decent, probably the strongest. Yeah, I was going to say, India is uh, like the only one that kind of you can go, hmm. Yeah, it's it's decent. But I mean, India as well is sort of in this Goldilocks period where it's just got this human, like, you know, if you look at the Middle East, you've got the exportation of oil. Um, in, the, in India, you've got people, like skills that you can export, yeah. right? Yeah. And how long are you able to actually kind of lean on that going forward? Mm. So that's always the question. Because um, okay. you've got all these people with PhDs, I mean, really yeah. remarkable individuals based in India that are unemployed. Um, yeah. It's one of the only countries in the world with that. And then you go into the likes of South Africa and China. I mean, China's had a structural depreciation of its currency. Every single time it wants to grow a bit more, just depreciates its currency. And I mean, South Africa's currency as well, you know, not exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the nothing to write home about there, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but, but what's interesting when I think about this thesis around the de-dollarization and everything, if you look at the world global trading partners, if you looked at it, I don't know, they always compared, I think, 20 odd years ago. I mean, you know, most of the world traded with America. That map that once was blue is very red right now. Is that not a sign of the potential of of of, of that happening where we are de-dollarized because people are trading with China more? Why, why wouldn't we just trade in one? Well, I think this is the question, right? So what country wants to take one risk or remember risk, right? But mm. You don't really want to, right? Because of this... Uh, lack of stability over time because the one has depreciated right mm. i mean just for everyone to know i mean the remember or the one like the one's synonymous with the other right they're the same currency it's like sterling versus gbp okay. um, but because of the structural depreciation over time like if you're going to agree to long-term contracts in this particular currency you're going to kind of know hey listen this isn't going to depreciate overnight um, mm. and the us has never because it's got a free floating exchange rate and it is sort of the peg of most other exchange rates around the world. I mean, you don't really structurally depreciate. You are mm. the currency or the de facto currency. And psychologically, that's just the way these things work, right? I mean, mm. you can have what we have right now, thousands of current, well, it's, that's a bit of an exaggeration, hundreds of currencies all over the world. Um, and cool, each of them has their own exchange rates and all the rest, and they fluctuate and they move around. But then you've got the likes of gold, right? Gold mm. is... Uh, stable quite literally um you've got dollars which is also sort of this massive stable i mean mm. the smaller ones that's like also looking at them like sort of companies right so these smaller currencies aren't exactly gaining market share and that's mm. the risk right and sure the yeah. dollar may be losing market share in terms of trade volumes but if you look mm -hmm. at the market where you've got a lot of currency moving hands by far the most it's the derivatives market that mm -hmm. you know wheat farmer 
that wants to lock in this long-term contract, that airline that wants to lock in this long-term oil contract, you know, are they going to be sitting there going, yeah, I feel like, you know, doing this in, in one mm. is the way to go or doing this in Russian rubles is the way to go or South mm. African rands. How long are those kind of contracts looking into the future? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you need that stable currency and that's where I think the dollar comes in. Yeah. And then to finish off, because it is cryptonomics, what would you see as the crypto equivalent of a dollar at this moment? Is it Bitcoin or do you see Ethereum taking that place? Like what will be the global currency from a crypto point of view? Is there any kind of one that's standing out for you at this point? Well, it's quite interesting. You can't almost compare the crypto market with the the fiat market that we have today, the currency market. Mm -hmm. uh, the currency market, I mean, has all these individual nation-led currencies, right? So you've got the pound, the dollar, the euro, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. And what you've done in the crypto space is naturally take some of those wrap them on in a token of some kind and introduce them as stable coins. Now we've done the same thing with gold. So you've got Paxos gold mm -hmm. as an example, tether gold, and you can buy a token, which is generally equivalent to an ounce of gold. And that's physically backed gold. And then you're able to trade that. And maybe that grows over time. I'm not sure, but okay. I think the equivalent in the crypto space will always be that stable coin. It'll be that, that okay. physical, physical fiat currency Big. that's wrapped. Um, Bitcoin is very much like digital gold. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at sort of the improvement plan for Bitcoin over the future, I mean, sure, there's uh, speeding up of the network, but it's not going to get to a point where we're able to all just transact on Bitcoin. Maybe you've got mm -hmm. side chains that land up changing that. Bitcoin. Maybe Bitcoin, yeah, maybe Bitcoin does get to a point where it is the same size as gold. I think over the much longer term, that is a possibility, which means that its volatility is probably a lot less. I mean, let's hope that that's sort of the position. Then all of a sudden, it can actually move into the sort of, you know, being a gold-like uh, backed asset. But I mean, and then, then you could actually utilize it for, for daily payments. But I think it's quite unlikely that companies are going to be paying their employees in Bitcoin and you're going to be paying your taxes in Bitcoin yeah. Um, yeah. over the next three to five years. So I mm. think the crypto space will always sort of just, you know, when I say always, over the next you know three, five, six, seven years, will sort of be in its own realm. And you'll be taking, you'll have, see the sort of emergence with the crypto space and the, the fiat currency space. Interesting. I love that take. And on that note, Sean, thank you very much for joining back on Cryptonomics. It's always good to have you here. And I look forward to our next conversation. <laughs> Brilliant, Bobby. Thanks so much, man. Cool.